Today on Sexually Woke with me, Dr. Susan, I'm talking about urine leakage. What kinds can you have and what can we do to correct it? Hi, and thanks for joining me on this week's episode of Sexually Woke with me, Dr. Susan. And today I'm going to talk about something that is really not very sexy at all, which is urine leakage. Yuck. So this is something really common. I'm 54 years old, and I will say that almost every woman that I've met, which is thousands, suffer from urine leakage in one form or another, some more than others. But let me talk to you about the two most common types of urine leakage, and you can see if you fit into either one of these categories, and then I can tell you some of the amazing things that we can do to make this really annoying problem go away without major surgery or without surgery at all in most cases. So first of all, I want you to use your imagination. If you kind of think of the vagina like a room, so if you're in a room, standing in the middle of the room, the ceiling would represent the top of the vagina, or we call that the anterior wall of the vagina, and right above the ceiling is your bladder. So one of the most common things that happens when we have babies is that that ceiling or the muscle plate between the vagina and the bladder gets stretched. So now the ceiling kind of has a dip in it. So the bladder is dipping down through the ceiling into the vagina, and that's called a cystocele. So that's a fancy word, but basically what is happening is our bladder is sitting down a little bit lower than it used to. So then what happens is uh, when we cough or sneeze or jump or exercise or anything that pushes down with our abdominal muscles, the bladder gets shoved down even a little bit further to the point that it's no longer able to hold urine and we leak a little bit. So many or most of us know after we've had kids that if we jump on the trampoline, if we have a full bladder, sometimes coughing or sneezing, we're going to squirt a little bit of urine. And that can be funny or it can be devastating depending on the frequency and the amount. So a little bit can be something that we joke about, but when this happens all the time, it really can be a big deal. And it's not something to laugh about if you are making decisions based on this fear that you're going to leak urine. Um, I've seen people even withdraw from social activities because they're afraid of leaking urine or change the color of their clothes or always wearing black, maybe change where they go on vacation or not engage in activities with their kids or all kinds of things that are really limiting the best life that we can have. And I'm always talking about getting rid of those limitations. So if we're leaking urine, we're definitely limited in the things that we can comfortably do. So what do we do about this? We call it stress incontinence because it's stress on the bladder causing the bladder to push down through this imaginary ceiling. So what we want to do is support the ceiling again we want to create a plate that helps keep the bladder up above the ceiling instead of dipping on through. So in the not too long ago past, I did lots of surgery to fix stress incontinence. And there's nothing wrong with this surgery if you've had it done or if you're considering having it done. It's a legitimate way to treat this problem. And all of us have heard about mush. So mush, M-E-S-H, mush is a, a material that can be put to support the ceiling. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with mush. I know you might see ads all over town for lawsuits um, about mush cases that have not gone well, and that has happened. Uh, but when mush is used by doctors who know what they're doing, like me and some of your other wonderful doctors, it's very, very safe. But that being said, if you could fix this without putting a synthetic material in your body, that would be awesome, right? 
So you can have a surgery called a sling, which is putting a piece of mesh in the ceiling, in the imaginary ceiling to support it so that you're getting rid of that uh, dip uh, in supporting the bladder and specifically the middle part of the urethra, which is the tube that goes from the bladder to the outside world. So we want to support right underneath that mid-urethra so we don't leak anymore. And that works. It works really well. Uh, But you have to go to sleep. It hurts a little bit. There's a recovery. So let me talk to you about the ways that we can address this issue without having surgery, which is super exciting. So in my own case, um, as a physician, I used to do two or three of these surgeries every week. And now I don't do any um, or I do very, very few because of the development of non-surgical ways to to treat this problem. And that's pretty amazing if you can treat this without having surgery. I actually was going to have this surgery myself about a year ago because I had stress incontinence and I was able to avoid surgery by doing some of the things I'm going to talk to you about. So, So what are these things? There's quite a few. So in our office, we have several options. And I'll talk to you about the first one, which is called the Msella chair. So Msella is spelled E-M-S-E-L-L-A. So the Msella chair looks like a big lounge chair. You sit on it with your clothes on, and it directs electromechanical energy up into your vagina and causes you to have thousands of contractions like Kegel exercises while you're just relaxing. You sit there for almost 30 minutes. One cycle is actually 27 minutes. You can adjust the strength or we can adjust the strength to make it comfortable for the patient. We usually do six treatments uh, depending on the degree of incontinence. And with six treatments that are done within a month or so, uh, there's about an 80% cure rate for mild to moderate stress incontinence. You don't even have to get undressed, let alone have surgery. So it's absolutely amazing. And so pelvic floor physical therapy, and this is in that um, category, is incredibly important uh, because what we're doing is actually using your own body to create a patch in the ceiling with the hole in it rather than putting in foreign material to create that patch. And isn't isn't that an amazing idea? So the Msella chair is great. I sit on it regularly. You can read a book. You can relax while you're doing it. Um, It's really an incredible development. So That's something that you can come and do in our office, or if you don't live in Houston, uh, you can look online. If you look up um, Solid Share, you can find providers who can offer that. So I would absolutely try that before I had surgery. Uh, In fact, I did try that, and I don't need surgery anymore. And another thing that we can do to help patch that so-called hole in the ceiling is uh, vaginal laser. So I've talked on this uh, podcast before about vaginal laser. Um, I've had some guests come and talk about it too. It's another way to cause your body to produce its own collagen, which can form a patch in that imaginary ceiling with a hole in it. I have a device in my office called the Juliet Laser. That's one of several brands that are out there, and they all do more or less the same thing. But a probe is put inside the vagina, and uh, the Juliet is an erbium laser. There are others that use a different energy source, but the erbium laser punches tiny little holes all around the vagina. It's really not painful. We use a local topical anesthetic. And when those little holes are punched in the tissue, it causes our own body to come in with growth factors and stem cells that cause an increase in in blood vessels, collagen, and support. So we get lots of benefits from that, including vaginal moisture, a little bit more tone, and also more collagen in the vaginal wall that can support the bladder. So that's awesome. You get lots of benefits from it. Now, when we do vaginal laser in my office, we actually use it in conjunction with platelet-rich plasma. 
And we've talked about that quite a bit on this podcast before. But platelet-rich plasma, just as a review, is your own blood. So we draw your blood and then we spin it down, take out all the red cells and the white cells. And what's left is uh, some serum with a very high concentration of platelets. And when that's put into the vagina, the platelets aggregate and they set off a chain reaction where growth factors and our own body stem cells come in and heal that tissue much faster than it would heal naturally and deposit whatever lives in that area. So in the vagina, that would be blood vessels, collagen, nerves, uh, the what we call the vaginal uh, mucosa. And so all of that is increased and the tissue is healthier. And as a result, we see a decrease in stress urinary incontinence. So really amazing. You can sit on the Imsala chair. You can have a vaginal laser with some platelet-rich plasma. And the great majority of the time, in my experience, more than 80% of the time, that's going to either completely cure or diminish the incontinence to a point where it's not bothering you enough to worry about it. Uh, so in my case, uh, I had one vaginal delivery and then a C-section, and that was enough to cause plenty of damage to my vagina. But I don't have that problem anymore. If I jumped on a trampoline with a full bladder, maybe I'd leak a little bit, but it would have to be something like that. My normal daily life, including working out, most of you know I do all kinds of crazy athletic things. I don't leak at all. I don't leak with sex. I don't leak with laughing. I'm not afraid to have a good belly laugh at a good joke. I don't withdraw from social activities because I'm worried about leaking urine and odor and all of those awful things that some of us have to worry about. And that's amazing. And I didn't need surgery. So I think that is incredible. Um, as a surgeon, I love doing surgery, but what I love more than doing surgery is not having to do surgery for a patient who can get the same results with something that uh, has no downtime and obviously no complications or minimal complications. So that's really great. And let me talk to you about another type of leakage that many of us are familiar with, which is called urge incontinence or sometimes overactive bladder. Now, that's a little bit different. So we talked about the stress incontinence, which is an anatomic issue where the ceiling or the anterior wall of the vagina, the ceiling is caving in. And that's a problem with the muscles just being stretched or separated. So we talked about that one. Urge incontinence is not an anatomic issue. It's actually caused by the bladder muscle itself being overactive. So every time it's time to go to the bathroom, if you're a young, healthy person who urinates normally, you're walking around, not thinking about going to the bathroom. All of a sudden, you decide it's time to go. You feel that sensation that your bladder's full. You go to the bathroom, unbutton your pants, sit down on the toilet, and then you contract your bladder muscle and you empty your bladder. And all that happens without you thinking much about it, if at all. But as we get older, frequently the bladder muscle starts getting a little bit sensitive. So I might just think about going to the bathroom or have my keys in the door or be unbuttoning my pants. And all of a sudden the bladder muscle contracts and it's a little bit too soon. And so now I'm leaking urine and got my pants halfway down. And so that's a really frustrating issue. I had a situation myself where I would not go to the bathroom all day because this is a bad habit that many of us have. I wouldn't be thinking about it. I wouldn't even notice it. And then I'd be driving home from my office, which is only 10 minutes. And about 100 yards from my house, I would need a pee so badly that I would think I'm going to empty my bladder. And when my keys were in the door, I would start dripping urine. And, and this is not fun. Not fun at all. You know, you pee on the floor. You get your clothes soiled. It's, it's not pleasant. So the first treatment for urge incontinence or overactive bladder is behavioral management. 
So in the example I was giving you, I learned I need to pee before I leave the office. And that has pretty much solved that problem. (laughs) So it's not always that simple. Uh, Sometimes it can be really debilitating. So to a point where you can't sit through a movie or this is happening every day. Um, Maybe you're at the office and you're on the way to the bathroom and you're leaking urine and you're in a public setting. This is really not a small thing in some cases. So first of all, behavior management, which is learning to go to the bathroom more frequently because many of us, like me, have learned that you can go all day without urinating and that's not healthy or good for us. So going to the bathroom every two hours, whether you want to or not, that's a good idea. I'm learning to do that myself. And then also identifying different bladder irritants, which unfortunately could be some of the things we really like, like caffeine and alcohol and acidic things like orange juice and citrus. So dietary management can be really helpful with that as well. And then the last resort, which really is a last resort, is taking a medication every day that relaxes the bladder. And you can actually get this over the counter now. There are bladder relaxing drugs that are available over the counter as well as by prescription. They have side effects like all drugs. So I certainly want to avoid those if I can. They can cause dry mouth, dry eyes, stomach upset, constipation. So if we can avoid those, that's amazing. So when you come to see me, if that's a complaint that you have, the first thing we talk about is behavior management and then some alteration of our diet. And that usually can improve it to a point where we don't have to take medicine. So just a little bit of education about the difference between stress incontinence and urge incontinence or overactive bladder. And guess what? You can have both. In fact, many of us do. And I certainly did. And now that that's gone, I am so happy. And part of the treatment, other than what we've talked about, is my favorite subject, which is hormonal optimization. So what do hormones have to do with bladder health? Well, turns out a lot because now we all know that we have hormone receptors for the three major ovarian hormones, estradiol, testosterone, progesterone. We have hormone receptors for these three vital hormones, literally from our head to our toes, but they're concentrated in the brain, the breast, and the pelvis. And so often we just think of the pelvis being our vagina, but right next to the vagina is the bladder. So without estrogen in particular, the bladder can really start to suffer. The vaginal tissue gets thinner, so the ceiling that's already suffering from weakness gets even weaker. The bladder muscle itself gets thinner and more irritable. All of those things are drastically affected by hormone replacement. So it is absolutely true that when we get our hormones optimized, sometimes those things just go away. You know, if we had a bit of stress incontinence or a bit of urgency, sometimes without even going through the treatments that I mentioned, just getting on estrogen can make that better. So hormones have a major effect on our bladder, just like they do on the rest of our body. So what's all this got to do with sex? Because this is the Sexually Woke podcast. Well, a lot also because the vagina and the genital area is very intimately related to the bladder. They're right next to each other. In fact, a lot of women with stress incontinence in particular suffer with intercourse. Uh, If the ceiling's drooping down the way that I described, and then you put something in the vagina and it pushes the ceiling up, we can leak urine. And leaking urine during intercourse is nobody's favorite thing. It's embarrassing. It's annoying. Even if you've just gone to the bathroom, there can be some urine left in that little pocket that's represented by that dip in the ceiling. So put something in the vagina and it pushes that urine out and that's just no fun. A lot of women stop having sex because they're afraid of leaking urine during sex. So, you know, really can be a big deal. And when we have an orgasm and our muscles contract, that's another time that we can leak urine. So, you know, if we're already at a time in life where sex can be a little bit shaky, 
you know, we're losing our sex drive. We might be experiencing some pain within a course. We're getting older. We don't like our bodies. Our uh, self-esteem is starting to be challenged. And these are all really common things that we know about around the time of menopause. If you put on top of that, now I don't even want to have sex. It hurts. And I'm going to leak urine when I have an orgasm. You can basically just kiss good sex goodbye because it's not going to happen. So it's really, really important that we address these things. And if your doctor is not giving you the time to talk about these things or specifically asking you questions about that, I would get another doctor. Because if you're over 40 and your doctor is not asking you about bladder health, about urine leakage, and about how that affects your sexuality, then really I feel that your holistic wellness isn't being addressed. So, you know, we really want to ask those questions and develop a plan so that each woman, each of you, can live without worrying about urine leakage. So, you know where to find me. We do these things in our office and lots of other good doctors too. But stress incontinence and urge incontinence really should be a thing of the past. I hope in the future when we walk down that aisle that has depends in it, that it will be empty on the shelves because nobody's going to need those anymore. So just the cultural acceptance of leaking urine when we get older is really, in my opinion, unacceptable. We shouldn't be wearing adult diapers. We should be addressing the underlying problem so that we can live in our full aliveness. And that's what I think. So I hope you enjoyed this, a little bit of education about urine leakage. And if you want to find me so we can fix it, you can look us up at completemidlifewellnesscenter.com or drsusan.com. Talk to you next week. <laughs>